Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Influencer Insider. Today, we got Will Laster, my friend. Tell the listeners about yourself. I'm, a, I would say, an entrepreneur of sorts, um, big clothing reseller, and uh, in, a, in a way, entry-level fashion designer. Hell yeah. Backdrop, folks. I know Will because he is dating my girlfriend's best friend. That's, so. that's me. That's how we met. Dude's cool. I, I'd seen him. What's your What's your Indie Boy Six? That's my TikTok. I yes, think. yeah. Indie TikTok. Indie Boy Sixteen. I think. So I, I I was seeing your TikToks before I actually met you. Oh so really? I, yeah. I feel like I knew your personality a little bit yeah. through your TikToks. Um. So yeah, it's fun. Okay. So you sell your shit on Depop. Yeah, mainly Depop. Um. I used to, I used to do. Whenever I first started, I did it with somebody else, and we did eBay and Depop, and so we posted everything to both platforms, which helps sales a lot, but it's a lot of work yeah. and like tedious work that's not very enjoyable, because posting's not that fun. No, I feel like it's the worst part is posting it. Yeah, it definitely is one of the most tedious parts. Me and Aaliyah, we started uh, Rico KC, is what we called it, and Yeah, we were like reselling before like reselling was like a big thing like it is now. It was like three years ago is when we started it and so we were doing it like just on instagram mm-hmm. and we hated it did it work at all we we sold like one thing but like we didn't try <laughs> right like we weren't trying to push it we we posted clothes like one time mm-hmm. and then we stopped because neither of us had the drive to do it yeah because i think it takes more time than a lot of people think no it does it's it's one of those things like getting into reselling clothes a lot of people like because I go to the bins a lot and you meet a lot of people at the bins. Um, and a lot of those dudes, they're just like, they have the idea, oh, I'm going to start reselling clothes on Depop because people see that people do that and they think yeah. it's easy, you know, which it is. I mean, it's not like it's super hard, but it's really time consuming because a lot of times the people that start it, they post on Depop and they go, you know, none of my stuff sells. Like what's going yeah. on, you know? And I mean, to actually get started and really be selling, you have to have like I mean, I would say to really be selling things every day, you have to have at least 150 items up on Depop. And people post like three or four things and they think, oh, I, you know, it's just going to start selling. Yeah. But it takes like, you know, you might post something and then three weeks later it's going to sell, you know. Yeah. And so it's more about volume. And so the entry to reselling clothes, it's a big task because you, without getting any money, you know, I mean, you're going to be breaking even for a while just trying to build up, you know, yeah. reviews and credibility and followers and also, you know, having to constantly go to the bins and constantly you really do need to be posting almost every day to totally steadily increase totally no dude i feel like reselling clothes seems fun do you do you find that it's fun you said what reselling clothes it seems fun yeah i would say that it definitely is it's fun because i mean it's one of those things you know whenever you're doing your own thing you don't have to like follow anybody's other anybody else's rules and i mean like i mean if you're not into clothes and it's probably definitely less fun but yeah. I don't know. Like one of the main things, I mean, pretty much everybody that resells clothes, they go to the bins, which is, you know, the Goodwill outlet. Yeah. Um, and if you don't enjoy that, then it definitely probably isn't fun. But there's there's definitely a sense of like camaraderie and like um, fun of like going to the bins. And because like there's a couple other dudes there that are really into it and they have their own successful business. And everybody's kind of like looking for different stuff because some guys focus on like high-end rare vintage stuff and some people yeah. focus on like a lot of people that sell on ebay um you can just sell things to like uh like plus-sized uh women or something you know or like uh a lot of times in the past i would sell a lot of stuff on ebay to um 
just like moms or like working men. So like a pair of jeans that are like heavy duty, you know, that's not a brand that anybody knows, but they're like yeah. heavy duty or like big and tall flannels. Like that kind of stuff will sell for a lot. And it's, you know, not something that everybody's looking for. Yeah. And so, but yeah, I mean, it, it is fun. I hadn't even thought <laughs> thought about that because if I think like the market of who I would try to sell to uh, for like reselling clothes, I would think of like kids our age that are looking for like dope clothes, mm -hmm. but they don't want to pay a high price. They want vintage stuff. Mm -hmm. I didn't even think about normal folk that are yeah. not of our generation that are just looking for cheaper clothing. Yeah. So, I mean, like for a long time, like eBay has been around forever, you know, yeah. and like before, like the whole reselling culture came out with Grailed and Depop and all that stuff. I mean, like eBay was just a place where you'd go to buy secondhand things. So there's a yeah. lot of people that are like middle-aged old people or, you know, some young adults that just like go on eBay to see what they can buy. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times like hardworking men, they're not going to go on eBay and buy it, but their wives will go on and be like, you need a new shirt or you need a new pair of jeans yeah. and they'll go ahead and buy them stuff, you know? And I mean, brand new workwear stuff. I mean, stuff that, you know, guys wear when they're destroying their stuff, you know, like that's $60, you know, hundred dollars yeah. for a pair of jeans or a flannel or something, you they're know? And so fucked up in a week. Yeah. And so when you can, they can buy it, you know, in good condition, but you know, used for like 20 bucks or 30 bucks, then that's a good deal for them. Even though I might've got it for a dollar or two from the bins. Makes sense. Yeah, I feel like it's like such a good way for anybody that's like trying to be an entrepreneur that like has any sense of, uh, I guess, drive towards clothing. They should go ahead and do it. What do you think? Um, yeah, I think that there's a lot of room for more people. Um, like on Depop, people th like there's probably I think there's like two or three million users. Right. But most of those people are inactive. Right. And so yeah. when people think, oh, you know, I'm. I'm too late for it, you know, I can't start now, there's already too many people doing it, y you can, there's so much room, yeah. I think that, like, my best week, because Depop, like, rates you weekly and tells you where you are, um, I was in, like, the top 1,000 sellers on Depop, and when there's 3 million people, and I wasn't even selling that much stuff, yeah. and so, I mean, there, there's probably around maybe 1,000 to 2,000 people that are actually selling uh, on Depop, where they make, um, and this isn't even take home, but, like, make, like, $1,000, and That's so, cool. yeah, and so, like, I mean, there's tons of room for all kinds of people and like there's so many different facets that like you know you might think even if you live in a big city a lot of times there's tons of people at the bins not everybody's looking for what you're looking for you know and you can find your own niche and sell it to people because there's every single piece of clothing that's out there there's somebody that wants that you just have to find that person yeah and you, you have to be willing to wait long enough for that person to find it right and so that's why it's good to constantly be buying stuff because like with all businesses there's a pretty big like you know you have to spend money to make money you know and so whenever you're getting into reselling clothes you got to be going and like being a part of that culture and like buying stuff and posting it consistently and like i would say every other day um like would be a would be a good amount to actually get yeah. you started but you really do need to be putting in that much work you know it's not so, it's not really a side thing honestly like it feels yeah. like a side thing and honestly at the beginning it it feels like side money yeah. but like it is really like a, a full-time thing yeah totally i had a thought you said you need to like constantly be buying stuff where the hell do you store all this clothing dog yeah that's um that's one of the big uh <laughs> issues i'd say is like where do you put all this stuff because whenever you get your first 30 things or whatever you know you go to the bins twice you got 30 things and it's like oh you know i'll just throw it you know in, in, my, in my closet yeah. it's in the trunk of my car and then all of a sudden you go to the bins every day um and then you're buying 10 or 15 things and all of a sudden you have 150 things 200 things 300 uh -huh. things and it's just like where do i put all this stuff and so like I mean, I live in like a 400 square foot apartment and so yeah. there's not a lot of room. Um, but like, I like had everything in my trunk of my car. 
Yeah. And then all of a sudden the truck in my car was completely full and I couldn't get to the clothes and I had to sell them or had yeah. to sit, ship them out. And so then I moved everything to totes. And now all my, I got four like big totes and they're all full. And so now it's like I'm constantly going to the store buying more totes to fill them up. And yeah. so, I mean, it's just you got to find room somewhere. I think that yeah. eventually I'm going to have to invest in a storage unit. Um, but yeah, there's I don't even know what the, the people because there's a lot of people out there that have four or five hundred, six hundred things on their Depop. And I don't even know where they put it. I mean, like. I guess they just have a big space somewhere. But for yeah. somebody that lives in a small apartment, it is hard to find space. But you kind of just, you know, I, I live very adjacent to everything I'm selling. It's always right next to me all the time because yeah. I live in such a small space. Dude, that's whack that yeah. you have like four or five totes just full of clothes. Yeah. That's crazy. No, I mean, if you got a storage unit, that'd be dope too because then you could, I don't know, even if you kept it in st totes, it'd just be cool to have a space to be able to like sell your stuff package orders yeah i think that's true i i've looked into it for a while but it seems like a lot of uh i mean like storage units don't have power you know yeah. and so you have to find a place to like plug all your stuff into your printer and you yeah. know so it's like it's better to do that part at home mostly um i think that like it definitely is a good idea to eventually invest in that if you have so much product and stuff uh -huh. um but right now i'm just kind of chilling out with my apartment and like shoving stuff in totes and just like sleeping next to all the clothes half my bed's filled with clothes the other half is just me sleeping there yeah so yeah clothes that's everywhere dope. For printing, you said for printing stuff, so do you print off the, what is it, the shipping yeah. labels and stuff, but then do you pay for shipping at the post office, or do you do it at So pretty much every, most people in Depop, so Depop has an option where you can buy shipping through them, and eBay has an option where you can buy shipping through them, That's and it's, sick. yeah, well, it's a bad idea, actually, though, because oh. you end up paying more money, because they have a deal with the, you know, USPS or UPS or whoever they end up using. Um, it's usually USPS. Um, but they're making money because they're selling the shipping to you. So they're making extra money through that. And so, um, it's better to go through uh, a website that does shipping. And so like what I use and a lot of other people in Depop uses a, a website called Shippo and it's free and they just give you discounted shipping. Um, cause they have a deal with, uh, like USPS, UPS, they have a, a bunch of different people. Most of the time it's USPS in the United States. It's like, that's pretty much the cheapest place to ship through unless you're sh shipping something like crazy. Um, right. But like if it's just a little package like USPS and it's normally like pretty cheap, it's not crazy expensive. Yeah, I can imagine it wouldn't be too bad. I mean, unless you're selling like 20 items to one person. What's your biggest order? So I uh, sold a bundle of t-shirts and I think it was like 35 t-shirts and like I think maybe like 12 of them are vintage or something um it wasn't it was just like a bunch of stuff i collected and then had and then i was just like i just need to get rid of all this stuff because i had too much yeah. and so i was just like i gotta get rid of all these t-shirts and so i just uh, threw up threw it up on ebay and um put it at like a dollar and just see where it went and it was like ended up being like 120 bucks which That's i mean dope. is okay it was like four dollars a t-shirt or something which isn't terrible because when you buy stuff for you know a dollar or two or like you know, 50 cents, then that is making money. But yeah. it, it's not the best way to make a lot of money because you spend a lot of time going out there. Yeah. So, um, but that was my biggest order. And I just had to get a big old box. It's 30 t-shirts. It's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and so, a I, lot. yeah, I think it was like 12 pounds or something. And so it was like a, a whole thing and that can get super expensive for shipping. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's sick though. That's like a fun thing to do. Just sell a bunch of t-shirts. No, it is. Yeah. I've seen like on the topic of reselling, you and I were talking about it the other day. Um, there are these dudes that buy the huge uh, bundles of like vintage stuff and I've seen them on TikTok and all that jazz and then they resell them all. How do you think their profit compares to somebody selling on Depop? Well, so what do you mean? People that are selling big things of clothes or people that are buying those? They, buy the, they buy the huge bundles and then, they, and then they sell each shirt or sweatshirt. Individually. Right. So I mean like... 
that's one of those things that you you can do, right? So, I mean, most people go to the bins, right? That's kind of the base level. If you start, you go to the bins, right? Or you just go oh. to thrift stores and buy stuff that's super cheap that you, you happen to find. Oh, this is a vintage tea. I can sell it for eight bucks or whatever. Yeah. And you buy it for two. Um, most people start at the bins, but whenever you start building up and you have to like get a lot of stuff. Um, so that's one of the ways to do it. And like eBay is one of those places where you can buy like a bunch of t-shirts wholesale. Because a lot of times people... So there's this whole other culture of reselling that's not our generation. All right. Um, it's older people and it's auctions. And so, oh, um, yeah. yeah, there's a whole auction culture and that's kind of part of eBay. And like they will go to auctions like random places in the country. Like it's a whole like country thing. It's not on the Internet, you know. Yeah. And so people will go to auctions and they'll they might buy, you know, a, a somebody's T-shirt collection or somebody's hat collection, you know, for like, you know, 50 bucks at the auction because an auction, it's yeah. you versus the 15 other yeah, people, you know, and so right. you can get stuff for really cheap. And so typically what they'll do is they'll like say that they might get like a bunch of shirts from the 70s, right? Uh -huh. And then they'll sell it on eBay. But it's always random on eBay. So you can, you have to constantly be refreshing yeah. and you have to know what you're seeing and what it's worth because like there was one time I was refreshed because I used to be super into like buying wholesale things on eBay. And so yeah, like yeah. I would be refreshing eBay all the time. There was this one time I saw it was like, I think it was 150 shirts for like $300 and which is like, you know, super cheap per shirt. Yeah. And Two bucks per shirt. Right. And so like, um, like I was like, oh, wow, this seems like a really good idea. But I was, I was just um, like getting into it. So I didn't know like, oh, should I buy this or not? Right. And it just was posted. And there was like a bunch of like cool shirts on there, a bunch of like vintage shirts that probably would have went for like 20, 30, 40, 50 dollars. And um, I like refreshed it again and someone already bought it. And so, like, it's one of those things where you have to constantly be refreshing, and you never know who's going to post what, Yeah. you know? And so, um, a lot of times, like, the auctions will end up going way too expensive, though. Like, they'll be, you'll end up buying stuff for, like, $7 a shirt. And when you're buying stuff for $7 a shirt, it's hard to resell it for more than that, because the higher you go, the longer it's going to take to sell. Because there's a, there's a point you pass where somebody's not just buying the t-shirt, because, like, oh, that's a cool shirt. They're buying it because, like, oh, my God, I have to have that shirt. And so, when you're selling something for, like, a vintage t-shirt for like $80 or $100 when it yeah. really is worth that, yeah. you have to wait for that person that goes, I need that, you know? And so that definitely limits it to where if, like sometimes I'll, a lot of times I'll be selling t-shirts that aren't that cool or whatever. They're kind of cool for like six, seven, eight dollars. They're, they're just kind of cool. <laughs> Yeah, and so people will be like, oh, that's a sick shirt and they'll buy like four or five of my t-shirts and I end up selling it, you know, for 30 or $40, yeah. a bundle through Depop. Um, but, you know, they're buying a lot of shirts and so it's not like, oh, I have to have that. It's just like, oh, that's a bunch of cool t-shirts and I need some t-shirts. Yeah. No, definitely. Then there are those people that are like, I have to have that no matter what. Maybe they're like a huge fan or something. Yeah. But it is all about the patience of just being willing to wait. Right. And um, see what the hell happens. Just knowing that it's going to happen. There's this thing for like when anybody gets into something, you know, you start to work on something. Like say you wanted to start like, I don't know, anything. Like I'm, like I'm doing embroidery right now. Or yeah. like if you're reselling clothes or if you're like trying to be an influencer on TikTok, right? Mm-hmm you will start doing that thing and you'll eventually burn out and you hit this burnout point where you'll be like, this isn't really working out. Like, I don't really want to do it anymore. And a lot of people stop at that point. Totally. But anybody that's successful, you have to push through that point. And so like, I've gone through that multiple times where I'm just like, oh, I'm bored of this Depop stuff. And I'd stop, but I've come, I keep coming back to it. And at this point, I'm like very continual about it now. Like I, I've, I've been like posting like every other day for yeah. like a long time now. Um, but I mean, you reach that burnout point, you know, and you got to keep pushing past that to actually be yeah. successful. No, I, I like that thought of the burnout point. And I, what's my recent fucking burnout point that I hit? <laughs> I was doing like a, 
I was telling you the social media marketing company that I was doing, mm-hmm. and it's like, at the time I was hustling, dude. I was working at the law firm. I'd get off work at the law firm. I'd go home. I would like make a quick dinner, mm-hmm. and then I'd like hop on Zoom calls for class, and then after that I'd stay up doing homework and then working on the website for the marketing firm that I was trying to start, and I'd be up to like two or three in the morning. Right. Wake up, go to the gym, do it all again. <laughs> And so I did that for a solid like three weeks, got the website going. And then I think I had like stopped going to school and I don't know, like eventually just that hustle culture that I thought I was in love with, Mm -hmm. I got burned out of it. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I'm not enjoying this. And I thought that I was like working towards this end goal that I was really going to enjoy. Mm Mm-hmm. Like it's not worth that. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah, newsflash: hustle culture isn't real. Yes. It's a it's something that people are selling, but it's just not true. I mean, no. nobody can sustainably get up every day, you know, eat their broccoli and chicken breast, <laughs> and then like go and like you know do their full time job, then come home and do their project, and then like work all night, and then go to sleep, wake up, and do the same thing every day. Yeah. You're gonna burn out of that, and that's never going to work. If you really want to be successful doing something, you have to find your happy medium where you're not going to i mean you're still going to hit that burnout point at some point everybody does but if you are going too hard you're never going to be able to rebound from that burnout point you know you have to make it so it co whatever you're trying to do is coexisting with the life you're living you know because i mean everybody wants to hang out with their friends or hang out with their girlfriend or see their family you know and you know if you're like waking up working 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 going to bed waking up working there's no time for those other things and so you have to make sure there is time for those other things or it's just not going to work out i totally agree and you got to like fall in love with the process of doing those things absolutely working whatever maybe whatever hours you're doing or whatever things you're doing creating the content selling on depop shopping at the bins you Mm -hmm. gotta fall in love with it whatever it is you gotta you gotta love picking out dirty skid mark panties oh yeah and i love it I love, I love smoking. <laughs> my, my favorite hands part. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, it's it, you definitely do have to love that thing you're doing. Um, and like one of the things that pushes it for me is like I just can't like keep a job, and not like because I can't keep a job, but because like in my mind I'm like I'm not gonna do this. I'm like the only th- reason I g- I would go to work every day at whatever job I was working yeah. was because I knew I was gonna quit in a couple months. Yeah. And so like, you know, and that's just not sustainable. And so for me, it's like, I know I can't do a real job, you know, and so doing Depop and stuff for me, like, that's like, you know, I can look however I want, I can wear whatever I want, I can talk however I want. And I can just be me and also be making money at the same time, you know? Yeah, that is what's awesome. What, what did you when you were growing up? Like, what did you think you wanted to be? What job did you think you wanted to have? I went through a lot of phases. Um, I actually had a really weird childhood because I grew up on a dead-end gravel road, um, right. and I was homeschooled. And so uh, I, like, didn't really know what I wanted because I didn't go to school and stuff. And, like, my brother was a dancer, and he knew he wanted to do that. And, yeah. like, I didn't really know what I wanted. All I did was play video games all day. And so I was like, I want to be a video game developer. Um, right. but, and my dad was a computer programmer. And so I was like, oh, that's what I want to do. But I didn't like that, you know? And I, like, as yeah. I grew up, I realized I didn't like that. And then I remember when I was in eighth grade, I would tell everybody, yeah, I'm not going to college. Like I was already like, oh, that's, yeah, it's way too mainstream. I'm not going to college. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, like, and then like, I kind of like, I would say around eighth grade freshman year, I decided I wanted to be a musician. Okay. Um, and I used to write music a lot. Um, 
And I mean, that's still something I do. Um, but it's you definitely not my, what you and Chuck are doing that. Yeah. Me and Charlie have been um, making music, but it's more of a side thing. And I, I think that like, I don't know, music is like, I know a couple people that are in bands and like, it's like, what are you going to do after high school? And they're like, play music. And that's all they do. And that's what they're doing now, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I'm, you know, I, I just didn't go for that. I'm not, I'm not big on music theory. And honestly, I don't know if I like music as much as other people do. Because like, like Charlie, he'll like look through vinyls all day and listen to like all these amazing bands. And to me, like music is more about the culture behind it than it is about like the sound. And like, I mean, most of the music I listen to, it's pretty like, I wouldn't say they have a lot of talent. Um, uh, so it's just kind of like, I don't know. I like music for the culture behind it and like yeah. more so like just like the emotion behind it than actually like how good the music is. And so like, I think that part of it definitely keeps me away from actually being super successful with it. And I haven't put that effort in honestly. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the clothing thing is something I've always been into as well. And yeah. so I don't know if I, I don't know. It definitely wasn't my plan when I was younger. I didn't think, oh, I'm going to start a business, you know? Yeah, but I yeah. don't think I ever really necessarily had a plan. Yeah. So I'm just kind of working it out as I'm going. Yeah, and it sounds like the music thing is more for pleasure than for business. Yeah. and I think it's perfectly fine. You got to have something sure. that you like truly enjoy that like you don't have to, I guess, work super hard on. Yeah. Like you got to have things. That's one thing that I think I kind of struggle with. I was talking to Aaliyah yesterday is I've always kind of had like an entrepreneurial mindset. Like, how can I make money out of that? Right. Like I'm always trying, I was always trying to sell shit when I was younger and like start new businesses, create duct tape wallets or duct tape purses and sell them. It's like, I was right. always trying to do it. And I feel as though it takes away from the enjoyment of some things. Like I, sometimes I can't just sit back and fucking enjoy something because I'm always trying to figure out how to make money off of it or turn it into a business. Right. So I think it's good to have things that like, or just enjoyment yeah so a lot of people do have that mindset like my best friend growing up his name's james and he same thing he was always just trying to find a way to make money and he was a, he's got a very like entrepreneurial mind yeah and like i feel like a lot of times those people that do the greatest things are people that are just trying to chase something to make them happy and i don't know if they ever really get it you know it's yeah. like oh once i get rich and i have all the cars i want and stuff <clears> then i'll be happy but it's like now you want you know and, and so like you know i think that everybody does need to find something that makes them happy now yeah. because you can't just you know be happy once i accomplish my dreams you know like that's exactly. not gonna happen you gotta be happy at the moment and that's the same thing with like um people the whole grind culture and stuff yeah. those people don't have that thing to make them happy so they're it's not gonna work you know you're gonna keep working towards that thing and once you accomplish the thing you're even getting if you do yeah. get to that point you're not gonna be happy afterwards because oh, then you're thinking okay what's the next step what's the next big mountain to climb right and there's never gonna be an end to that i mean like jeff bezos he's got like a hundred billion dollars and yeah. he's still just trying to make more money yeah you know so i feel like it's it's funny to like actually like uh, pinpoint or dissect Jeff Bezos because if you think about it, he totally probably didn't fall in love with the process as much as he should have. He just fell in love with the goal and like I feel like some people like that that are uber successful, they're fucked up in the minds, man. Like they gotta have something wrong with them. Yeah. That just like lets them keep going. Yeah. No, there is something about it. Um, like honestly, like the first time I realized that, and it's a really corny thing, but like. Alexander Hamilton and like that whole like Hamilton musical is obsessed with it when I was like 13 or whatever uh -huh. um, but like It kind of like, you know, it's talking about him as a person and I don't know if it's ho Horribly historically accurate But the idea behind it is that he was just like would never be satisfied and he was keep 
kept chasing and he would never stop writing. He kept doing and doing and doing and he was uber successful. And we look back and see all the things he did and it was amazing. But that dude was never happy. He always wanted more. And so like a lot of those people that are super, super successful, I mean, they're not incredibly happy, you know? Um, because they still want more, you know? I mean, because yeah. Jeff, Be- I guarantee like Jeff Bezos, like he wants more right now, you know? He's trying to get more. He's not like, oh, I'm all right now, even though he probably should be. Yeah, he's like, how do I make more money? How right. Do I, how do I climb that next mountain? Yeah, and I'm honestly, nobody needs more money than like, if you ha- if you have a place to sleep and you've got yeah. enough money to buy food and you've got enough money to do the things you want to do, then you don't need more money than that. And honestly, you can accomplish that at like $40,000 a year, honestly. Yeah. No, I read somewhere, I, I've heard, who was it? Jordan Peterson talked about it. He said 60000 uh, I had an English teacher in high school that said 70000 and they both said that like once you make sixty or seventy thousand dollars, you will basically fulfill all your needs in life. And if you work more than that, then you'll end up giving up something. You'll end up giving up free time or a little bit of happiness. Or if you work less, you'll end up giving up um, like material items that you want, some creature comforts. But seventy thousand or sixty thousand was like the dollar amount that you need to survive and be fulfilled. It's like more than that, you're giving something up. Right. And I mean, it, it is true. You know, people don't need more money than that. I mean, technically, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody out there. It's like, my favorite thing to do is ride on yachts. And it's like, yeah. that dude probably needs a little more money to like do his <laughs> hobby. But I think that like, you know, like people don't need more money than that. I mean, you don't to be happy, you know, and more money than that's not going to make you happy when you're at that amount. You're not going to have anything else to worry about. And so at that point, you really just should be trying to find what makes you happy. Yeah, I can tell you right now, my stepdad, John, his favorite thing is cars and motorcycles. Those are his toys. Is what right. he calls them. So he definitely like needs more money than that to be able to play with the toys that he wants to. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. But I, I like it. All right. So talk about a little bit more about you get a full picture background. So you grew up homeschooled, my friend. Yeah. All right. Homeschooled. And then eighth grade, you got to public school. Yes. And then after that, you worked at a cable company, correct? Well, so there's a pretty, there's there's a lot of points in there. Um, I did, I've done a lot of stuff. I'm like yeah. 21 right now, and I've done a lot of stuff. because that's fucking awesome. Yes. It makes the story great. <laughs> it does. I started out, and it's pretty much like, you know, uh, I started out, you know, born dead in gravel road, homeschooled, not because my parents were religious, but because my parents didn't want me to be influenced by society. Yeah. Um, and I was super poor growing up. Um, and my parents were going to college as I grew up. And so by the time I was in high school, I like, my parents were upper middle class. I lived yeah. in the sub- suburbs and stuff, you know. Um, but yeah, so like starting in eighth grade, that's when I first went to school and kind of had to be a normal person because I had no idea what it was like to get along with other people and stuff because I lived in the country and like all my friends were just super weird too and I was super weird homeschooled kid stuff you know (laughs) and so yeah I um I went to high school and stuff and um decided I hated it and so halfway through sophomore year um I was like mom can I just like not go to school anymore and I mean she never wanted to really go to school in the first place and so she was like of course and so she's like but you're just gonna you're gonna go to college now I was like, oh, okay. And so like, um, yeah, I went to community college when I was 16 years old. And um, it's not like it's hard. You know, I feel like by the time anybody's 16, you probably have the capabilities to do the stuff that you have to do in community college. Um, But I don't think I had the emotional maturity to um, do college because college takes a lot of like, 
I'm going to do this stuff because I want to do it, not because you have to. Yes, um, like there's there's no accountability for anybody else. Like it's like you got to do it and you know that you need to. Yeah, and I didn't have that at 16 like most 16-year-olds don't have. Yes. Um, and so I did good my first semester, second semester, stopped going to a bunch of classes, um, dropped out. Then when I was 17, I started working full-time, making $11 an hour. Um, which I thought was a bunch of money back then. <laughs> and um, I was a groundskeeper at this place in Overland Park, and I was driving like an hour to Jeez. work there. Yeah, every day, five days a week. Um, and, I mean, I was making pretty good money. Um, not really, because it was $11 an hour, but it yeah. felt pretty good back then because I was a kid. And, I mean, I was still 17, so I, all, all the people I grew up with, they're still in high school, you know. And um, whenever I ended up going back to school, while I was working full-time, and so I'd drive to Overland Park in the morning, which I lived in Smithville at the time, so it was like an hour drive, drove there, and then I'd get off work at 5, and I'd drive to downtown Kansas City to go to... Um, Penn Valley? Penn Valley, yeah, to uh, go to my classes. Uh-huh. And then I remember there was this one class um, I kept falling asleep in because oh, I was so tired. I yeah. would, like, um, be in that class, and I couldn't... It was like... I, I've rarely ever been that sleepy before in my life, but I would, yeah. like be sitting there and the teacher's talking and I would just keep falling asleep and there was nothing I could do to keep myself awake. Yeah. I remember one time waking up in her class, her yelling at me and I was like, mom, I'm going to drop my classes. Oh, and shit. so I ended up dropping out again. And then, um, I quit my job and then, uh, started kind of just doing whatever, started doing pizza delivery and was like, mom, I want to go back to school again. Uh-huh. And so this time I took one art class and one like math class that I had to take that was a super easy math class because I was technically behind in math. Yeah. And um, couldn't do it. I remember I was like crying to my girlfriend at the time and I was like, I just can't do it. Are you gonna be mad at me if I drop out of school? And she's like, no, that's fine. And then I dropped out of school again. Um, and I was like, that's the final time. My parents were like, this is the final time. We're not paying for it anymore, you know, because uh-huh. I kept going back to school. But at this time, I was 18. And so, yeah. like, I mean, like, I had been going to college for two years by the time I was 18. Yeah. And, I mean, if I kept going, I should have graduated, like, this past year. Um, but I didn't because, you know, I uh, kept dropping out. Um, and then that's when I decided I, I, like, broke up with that girl at the time. And I got this job in Overland Park, and I was 18 years old. My parents were like, hey, we're, you're gonna have to start paying rent if you keep living with us because you're 18. And I was like, oh, that's super nerdy and corny. I'm not gonna be paying my parents <laughs> rent. Like, that so, sucks, mom. Yeah, so that I was sucks. like, I'm just gonna move out. And so um, I moved to Lawrence, Kansas, because I started dating this other girl, and she was going to KU at the time. And it would have been technically my freshman year of college if I graduated high school when I was 18. And so um, I lived in Lawrence, worked full time, and it was a really weird thing because I got this whole experience of like, I've already went to college for two years and everybody my age had just graduated high school. And yeah. now all of a sudden I was working full time. And so now, like I started when I was 16, I was going to school with 19 year olds. And now I'm working a full time job where everyone around me is like 25 to 35 years old. Yeah. And so I was always around people that were way older than me. And I mean... I kind of had to mature like fast because like doing a full-time job and stuff and like being around all those people, you know, it's just like you have to kind of grow up. And so like I went to work every day and I did what I had to do. And I did that for like a year and a half. Um, And then eventually ended up quitting that job. What was that job? Uh, I was, so I was a cable technician for uh, spectrum or charter communications, which is just, they're all over the country, but um, they're really big here in Kansas city. Hell yeah, they are. Yeah. So, I mean, I learned those skills. It was weird. Uh, I went from, like, just being a crazy kid to uh, 
being I'm like here to it, fix your cable. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm the guy who knocks on the door and he's like, "So what what issues are we having?" and I'm like having to go in and like fix like, you know, middle-aged people's like cable and internet and stuff. Yeah. And I mean, I was a kid and so like I used to I used to do some really shady stuff. You're Googling shit? No, dude, wait. I would like go to people's houses and I didn't want to do the job. Like I would just be like, "Hey, I'll be back." And I get in my van and just drive away. And, like, I probably did that six or seven times. Oh, shit. Yeah, and so, like, there's all the time where, like, uh, a lot of times you'd, like, because uh, you had to do certain a certain amount of jobs. And so if you go to a job and, like, they don't really have nothing wrong or something or it's like, ah, eh, you know, like, whatever. You'd go and then you'd go outside, pretend to do stuff, and you'd get back in the van and leave. And, I mean, what people don't realize is that's a big part of cable culture half the time when people go they're not fixing anything they're just walking in and then leaving because really? yeah all, and i mean you don't have to have any qualifications to become a cable guy and so most of the time the person walking in is some random 22 year old who you know just got fired from pizza hut yeah which is what happened to me that's funny as shit yeah. that a lot of the time so so it was a common thing like you'd talk to the other dudes and they were like yeah i do that all the time i just go in and fiddle with some shit and leave you know there was some goody goodies who did everything right um but i don't really hang out with them uh i was i was yeah. definitely like i because that's the thing like i hate working um i don't like to work i like i i just I, I don't like it you know i i i've got i would say i've got really bad like crafts or what would you call it um I'm, I just don't like doing things right. It's just too much work for me. And so, like, there was right. a certain way you were supposed to do everything. And I'd always cut corners because yeah. I just didn't care about it. And, like, the thing was, I didn't care about my boss. I didn't care about my job. I didn't care about the person's internet and stuff. And so I had no reason to even do it right. I was just trying to get past and get my paycheck. Yeah. And so I just didn't care about that stuff. And so, um, I mean, I would always just, like, half-ass everything. And it just wouldn't matter to me. And, I mean, like... There was a, like, I mean, I was probably one of the worst people there. Like, <laughs> like honestly, like, um, a lot of the other dudes, uh, they did. They were like, wow, I can't believe you did that well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think for the first year, there was this thing where you're supposed to, the line that goes from, like, the box outside to your house, uh -huh. um, a lot of times you have to change it. Um, it's just part of the job. I would say, like, pretty much every shift, you know, every day you would have to do it at least once yeah, or yeah. maybe at least every other day. And for the first, like, five months I worked there, I didn't change any of them. <laughs> and so, I mean, there was a lot of work I was skipping over. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I got in trouble a lot, but I worked there for a year and a half and I never got fired. I quit, ended up quitting in the end. So, I mean, that's the thing, you know. One thing that I think is really funny is that I, I think probably the older generation would say this, like, you got to go to work and work really hard. You, you have to be the best that you can be and you have to work so hard. But what's really comical you said it. You went to work and you half-assed it and you cut corners. You... I made the same amount of money as everyone else did. Exactly. You made the same exact amount of fucking money that everybody else did. Yeah. And, I mean, that's that's the funny thing about, like, the country we live in. I mean, we live in a capitalist country, right? Mm -hmm. And, I mean, we are taught that we should work hard, right? Because who does that make money? The people in charge, you yeah, know? The big guy, I mean, and the big guys are the ones that tell you to work hard. Right, you know? And so, like, the thing is, newsflash, nobody's mm -hmm. got to actually work hard, you know? And no. I mean, a lot of our jobs aren't even, you know, like like that job, I, I didn't have to work. You know, it didn't matter because obviously it didn't matter because I didn't get fired. I still had my job. I still got paid the same as everybody else. You yeah. know, I mean, you don't have to work super hard. And I think that um, there is times when you can work really hard, but it's not whenever you're working for somebody that's making a bunch of money because the harder you work, the more money they make, you know? Yes. Whenever you have your own business or you're doing your own thing, yeah. the harder you work, the more money you make. Yes. And so that's when you should be working hard. But when you're doing a... A paycheck? Uh, yeah, a paycheck job, 
don't stress yourself out. No, I, um, I'm so guilty of that dog. Cause I was, I was brainwashed and my grandparents and my parents were brainwashed by the big guy capitalists that you need to work hard for your company because that's the honorable thing to do. If yeah. you want respect, you need to work hard. Right. But they're really just saying that as leverage. They're brainwashing you to think you need to work hard, but right. you're going to get paid the same amount yeah, every I'm, single, every time you get that check, same amount. If they made more money, if you worked less, they wouldn't be pushing you to work so hard. It's yes. all about money, and they make more money the harder you work, and that's why they want you to work hard, you know? And, I mean, I think maybe there was a point in time we're working hard, like in the past where working hard was very important, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's not now um, because when you're – they say you're getting paid $15 an hour. Yeah. You're getting paid $15 an hour. And so the harder you work, it's still every hour it's 15 bucks. And yes. so, I don't know. Yes. No, I, I think it's, and I get, my grandma listens to these. So I bet she, if she is listening at this point in time, she's going to be like, Seth, that is so bad of you <laughs> to say to not work hard. That's so bad, Seth. Well, it, you know, and it's not about like, um, Working hard isn't a bad thing. It is a good thing, you know. Yeah. It is good to work hard, and it feels good to work hard and accomplish something. But when you're working hard, you need to be doing it for yourself. Because when you're working hard um, at most jobs that people have, it's not benefiting you. But when you're working oh. hard for something that's for you, you know, like say, like, because back in the day, right, when you're building your house or working your farm, yeah. I mean, when you build your house, you know, you worked hard, and it feels good, and you look at the house you built, right? Yeah. And that was for you. Um and I, I mean, it is good to work hard, but you should be doing it for you and not for anybody else. Because yeah. when you start working hard for somebody else, it's, it's I mean, not, it doesn't benefit you at and all. And it doesn't even feel good because no. it's like, look at what I did. It's not mine. Yeah. You know? Look at what I did. I got the same amount of money as the dude that was lazy and right. sat in the corner. Exactly. And it's just not fun. We've all had those uh, coworkers. What? That, that like do less, or at least I have. I've had those coworkers that have like done less than me and then like... Oh, yeah. Everybody always talks shit on them. They're like, God, <laughs> uh, Gabe was so lazy tonight. Oh, my God. Did you see him on his phone? Right. But, and, but he's making the same amount of money. Yeah, it's a really who's winning, right? Gabe made the same <laughs> amount of money as me, and I did more. Right. I just look, I look like the idiot at that point. Maybe he was just ahead of the time, and he knew it. Well, yeah. I mean, I do have envy for people that can just work so hard like you or my brother, like just I mean, there's a lot of people in my life that just work their asses off and they go to work and they love it. And it's like, you can pull yourself by up by your bootstraps and you can work hard, you know, you can get out of anything. And it's like, yeah. for me, I just don't want to. And like that want to not do that is yeah. so far above like the, like, you know, proudness I would get from working really hard. Um, the only time I can really like put the grind in is whenever I'm doing something that I really, really care about, like oh, my yeah. Depop or something. Because like right now in life, the one thing I care about is like making my depop better yeah. and like that is like my life goal right now and i mean i don't know you know like you say we've got one life you know and it's yeah. like what do i want out of my life you know and it's like i want to be happy but like um like right now you know I, nobody knows what happens after you die you know and i could die tomorrow so the one thing i want to do right now is like make my sell more on my depop and if yeah. i can just like get to that point where i'm selling a lot that's gonna make me happy and that's the thing i'm working towards i want you to be verified so bad dude i can't wait you're it's gonna, it's just a matter of time. <laughs> yeah, so, so wait, let's talk about that verification yeah. a little bit, and then I wanted to talk about another topic. Sure. So the verification, you need to sell how many pieces a month or how much money a month? Well, so I think that it's, I forget, it's like, so Depop is a, based in London, I think, and so everything's uh -huh. based off Euros. Oh, um, yeah, and so like they expect you to make a lot more money than you can because like, it's like, 
you can sell like I think it's like 50 things a month at 15 euros which is like or 50 things a month at $20 which selling 50 things a month at $20 it's not crazy hard but um, it's it takes a long time to sell things for $20 and it's also kind of hard to find things that are worth $20 yeah, you know what definitely. I mean and so um, the other thing though is uh, you can make I think it's 2,000 euros a month or um, $2,600. And so that's more the thing that I'm working towards because I sell, oftentimes I sell most of my stuff for less than 20 bucks. Yeah. And so I'm trying to get to the point where I can, I sell $2,600 a month, which isn't crazy hard. Like I could get it, but it, like I, I was meeting that goal whenever I was going to um, the bins every single day and I was posting every single day yeah. and like that is just so much work because like I'd yeah. go to school especially with school it's a lot of work yeah you, you go to school you get out of school you go to the bins then you know you take that stuff home you process it you ship out orders and like your day's gone yeah so gotta take pictures do you take pictures on your phone yeah so yeah that's what most people do um, yeah. there's this whole Depop's super weird because it is basically made for um, hot chicks to sell to other hot chicks and oh, so hey. like yeah most of the people um you're kind of the best the people that sell the most on depop are girls that are selling um like a look to another girl right and so there'll be some girl that's like totally goth right and like super hot and they literally take like sexy pictures of them wearing the clothes and they're selling it to other chicks for a crazy amount of money and that's what depop's based out of um and so like a lot of times people model the clothing. I don't do that. I tried it for a little bit, but it's just not for me. I find that whenever I model clothing, I get a lot less likes on my items and I don't sell as much because yeah. I don't feel like people... You're not a hot girl. And that's what it is, right? <clears throat> I'm a normal dude standing like, you know, and... <laughs> yeah, so you're standing here like this. You're trying to figure out what to do with your hands. Yeah, and dude. Like... And I just look like a geek. And like these yeah. people don't want to... Because whenever you model the clothing, you're selling the look to somebody. Yeah. And so these girls are like posing and they've got their tits out and stuff. And it's like, you know, they're selling that. And it's not for men. It's for other girls because other girls want to look like that. Yeah, they think, oh, she looks good and cute. I, I want I'm that. Gonna, yeah, I'm going to look cute if I wear like... And it's like 50 that. bucks, no problem. For a yeah. little tiny tank top or something. Uh -huh. People do that all the time. But like... Then there's me, you know, and so I can't just do that, right? I can't model the clothes because other guys don't want to look like me necessarily, yeah. you know? It's like, oh, man, I wish I could wear that T-shirt like that guy does. It's like yeah. guys don't do that, you know? And so, like, I don't really model. I, I Most of the time, I just, like, um, the majority of the time, I do tennis courts. Um, natural lighting is the best, but there's, like, a couple issues with natural lighting is that super sunny days, you get a lot of shadows, and it doesn't look that good. Yeah, and yeah. so the best pictures you get are on overcast days when it's super bright outside. Okay. And so like if you go to a tennis court when it's super bright outside and there's but there's it's overcast so there's clouds, right? Uh -huh. Then there's no shadows and they're super clear and super bright pictures and they're yeah. really great. And tennis courts kind of have the flat background and stuff, so yeah, I find that say, the best. Do you hang it on the fence or do you put it on the ground? I or? put it on the ground. Okay. That's also another thing people argue about is it better to hang it up or put it in the ground. Yeah. Um, I find that it's better to put it on the ground because you can lay it flat and you can see all the clothing. Yeah. Um, whenever you hang it up, it kind of wrinkles down and stuff, and yeah, so and it's the, like harder the, to... Uh, the sleeves probably fold in. Too. Yeah, it, yeah. So like that's a whole thing. So I, I most of the time I'm just throwing it on the ground at a tennis court. I, I normally go to the bins, take the stuff, go to the tennis court, throw it in the ground, take pictures, post it in the car, and then go home. All right. Um, was kind of like my thing because I find that if I like buy the stuff, then take it home, and then like I ne and I'm never it going to the tennis court and taking pictures. Yeah. And so yeah, I just always do it straight because I'm super ADHD. So like I can't ever like be like, oh, I'm gonna do this tomorrow. It's like if I'm if I bought the clothes, I need to pick, take pictures right then because yeah. it's not going to get done. 
Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. No, I totally get that. Um, second thing I wanted to talk about is I was ha- I'm having this realization lately that I feel as though like our generation, you and I, a lot of these other folks that are kind of doing things on their own are are uh, part of an awakening. And so I think it's it's in a so do you know like the enlightenment period that went on? What was it? Sorta like, the 1700s, 1800s. Was that when it was? Yeah. Let me look it up real quick. All right. The Enlightenment period was the 18th century. Okay. In the late 17th century. Okay. Okay. So the Enlightenment period was like the beauty, the beauty of the body and like arts and people and stuff like that. All right. So mm-hmm. that was the Enlightenment was like loving human beings. Right. I feel like the Enlightenment that we're a part of is not loving human beings, but I guess it's loving ourselves and creating a new culture of how we view work, money, our time, our lives, because our parents and our grandparents and our great grandparents have been brainwashed for the past hundred years Absolutely. on all these things. And so I feel like we're a part of an awakening. We've been talking about it most of the episode of like different things that we're changing our views on. I totally agree. I mean, like it's, People are starting to realize, like what we said, everybody's getting paid the same amount Mm -hmm. and you can work less hard, you know, and it's like, and now, I mean, there has been, over the past couple of years, there's been a lot of inflation, honestly. Um, Stuff is more expensive than it used to be. I mean, you go to any fast food restaurant, you know, McChickens used to be a dollar, now they're like a dollar fifty, now they're two dollars. I mean, I went to California, McChicken is like two sixty five. Fuck that. Yeah, and so like, I mean, stuffs cost a lot more money, but guess what? We're still making them same amount of money as we used to. Yeah. The minimum wage in like I think the '60s or something, um, that used to be enough money. The minimum wage used to be enough money for one man to work, take care of his wife and two kids, and have a car. And like minimum wage, minimum wage now, what can you do? You can buy the two dollar and sixty cents McChicken, and you can sit on the sidewalk. Uh huh. And so people are starting to realize that I'm working my ass off, and I'm not getting like enough money to live but all these dudes at the top have more money than they would ever 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 need yeah and so people are starting to realize like since covid like i don't need to do my job i'm just gonna quit and i'm gonna do what i want yeah and a lot of people are realizing that and you know what it's true and like people do need to do what they want to do because the faster um, all of us get into the spots we want to be, the happier we're all going to be, yeah. you know? I mean, everybody needs to be doing something that makes them happy. And I think there's enough room for everybody to be doing what makes them happy. Totally. Well, you got, and you got like an old, the older generation, like my, my dad was saying this, or like my grandparents will say it. And they're like, nobody wants to work right now. And yeah. It's like, goddamn right. Nobody wants to work. Yeah. We figured out because of COVID that we can do whatever makes us happy. And I don't have to keep my stupid job that when I get home, I want to freaking claw my face off because yeah. I'm tired of having a fake smile all night and serving people fucking Chinese food. Right. Like people figured <laughs> out that we can do things that make us happy and we don't have to be miserable all day and then come home and be like, oh, hard work today. It's like, fuck that, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing, you know, we work, we have this culture where we work five days a week and we work nine to five, well, actually eight to five because you have the hour of lunch and so Uh you have to work eight to five and you do that and it's draining and we have to go into the office, right? But all of a sudden COVID, it's like, oh, I can sit on my couch and eat mac and cheese while I'm also working my job Uh and I can do, it's like, we don't need to be at a job from eight o'clock to five o'clock every day. That is not essential to getting the things done. And so 
this culture that we've built up where people have to do that, it's not necessary. And all it's doing is contributing to um, people just being unhappy because nobody wants to do that. Because, I mean, if you can sit at home and do your job online, then do it online if that makes you happy. You know, I mean, like, it's just people need to be doing what they want and they don't they need to be stopped they need to stop being taken advantage of by the big corporations and the culture from you know the 1900 or 1800s yes. of or t- the 20th century yeah <laughs> <laughs> um of, I you're saying. Yeah, right of uh you know having to work your ass off because that's what you should do for your country and yeah, for, for your for family. your parents and for your kids and for your wife yeah exactly not dude. necessary no it's not at all it's it's beautiful that i think we're a part of this I agree, and I think everybody should begin to do what they want to do. I think that it is of movement. I think, honestly, more and more people are doing it all the time, and I think that constantly, it's a great thing. Constantly, dude. It's it's badass. There's room for everybody. Yeah, the more I hear about people like doing things to make them happier, like quitting their job, I get fired up because I want these big corporations to not have people to run the things that need to be ran. Oh, yeah. I want them to have to figure out new ways so that people don't have to be at a huge office in a tiny cubicle that they have a little fan on because the building's kept too hot because the company doesn't want to spend money to air condition it too much. Yeah, I totally agree. It's messed up. It is messed up. That's lovely. All right. Before we end this, because we're running a little long on time. All right. One piece of advice for all the listeners out there, all the kids. <laughs> one piece of advice for all the kids out there is... No matter how messed up your life is or what you've been through um, or how nice your life is, everybody can accomplish whatever you want to do except, like, I mean, you can't fly. But you can really, I mean, if you want something, you can do it. And just know you're going to reach that burnout point and you're going to want to stop doing it, but just keep pushing. And eventually you're going to be doing what that, that thing you want to do, you know? I mean, if you want to be on the cover of Vogue, bro, it's going to happen. You know, you just got to keep pushing and it oh, yeah. always feels so unrealistic. It feels unrealistic to want to be a musician or an artist or a successful business person or entrepreneur or whatever, but anybody can do it. Um, you just have to keep pushing. Beautiful, my friend. Folks, thanks for tuning into this episode of Influencer Insider. We will catch you next time.